Welcome to the Europe Reader podcast. My name is Rosie Goldsmith and I'm director of the European Literature Network. I'm a journalist, broadcaster and presenter of the Europe Reader podcast, a series of audio conversations with riveting authors from across Europe. You may already know my nickname, Rosie the Riveter, and our magazine, The Riveter, as well as our riveting reviews and riveting interviews, all dedicated to giving European writers the prominence they deserve. In this special podcast series, the European Literature Network is teaming up with Europe Reader, a groundbreaking digital platform initiated by the Slovenian Presidency of the EU Council with the support of EU member states and EU institutions. Our joint motto is open a book for a better future. And our goal is to tackle the main topic of our times, the future of living. Through events and podcasts like these, we want to get readers everywhere exchanging ideas, reflecting on the kind of world we want to live in and how literature and books can help. Find out more about Europe Reader by logging on to their website, europereader.eu. You can also read free books from each featured author in each EU member state on the website, both in the original language and in English translation. There are novels, short stories, poetry, comics, essays, and some beautiful picture books for younger readers. Each riveting Europe Reader interview is dedicated to one author. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Sana Pelliccioni. And Sana is in Helsinki and welcome to you. And you're actually sitting in your studio. I can see, I know our listeners can't see, but describe where you are. I'm here in Helsinki in the neighborhood of Capula. And this is my small studio in our apartment. I also have a real studio a couple of kilometers away, but since I use lots of different materials and almost always change the paints and pencils or art, what I use for each book. So usually I stay in this small room. Looks very cozy indeed. (laughs) And it's just also the perfect time for me to tell everyone what you do, which you've hinted at already, that you're an artist, you're an illustrator, a graphic designer as well, and you're an author yourself of children's books. And I know you've won lots of prizes. You're really well known in Finland. We're really honoured to have you with us today. And we're going to do the quite difficult thing, which is to describe pictures. And you have created this perfect book for our Europe Reader project, which is called We Had to Leave. It's a wordless picture book. We'll talk more about that later. But first of all, I want to know a little bit more about you. Your name, Sana and Peluccioni, Finnish and Italian. Is that your background? My background is actually only in Finland. I'm from North Finland, from the city called Oulu. And the Pelliccioni comes from my husband, who is from Marke region in Italy, where we stay a lot, actually. From very young age, I was interested in nature, arts and psychology. And in the beginning, I studied biology and, and graduated, though I have to say that already in a few years, I knew I should have studied arts. And it was in one exhibition, actually, in Rome, where I understood at a certain point that I have to change the field where I'm working. Afterwards, I studied arts in and graphic design in Finland and illustration and summer courses in Macerata in Italy. So you said you understood that you had to pursue art. What was it that made you change your mind? 
it was in Caravaggio exhibition where I just got this strong feeling and I said to my husband that I have to change this thing and I'll find a way to do that. And it was really strong uh, decision and I followed it. You have a very recognizable style and I've been able to look at several of your books. You know, I would recognize your artwork, I think, anywhere now. And I was looking at the Onipoika books too. You've written 17 of those. Those are your own creation. And Oni means happy. Is that right? Oni means happy or happiness. And it's a quite typical, very nice boy's name in, in Finland. So how would you describe your style? I'm happy to hear that you would recognize my style because sometimes I feel myself that because I use like so many styles, but many of my friends say that they recognize it and they feel my style and I, I know what they talk about, but still I'm like, maybe it's also because I don't have the traditional art studies. I feel I want to try everything. I want to do oil, acrylics any kind of things and collage gives me joy every time. So I use lots of styles and I think it's also the courses in Macerata, which really taught me a lot with teachers from different countries, with young people from mainly from Italy, but also from elsewhere that gave me lots of like really new ideas and and working together. Some made me find my own styles, (laughs) which are still going on. So I would describe it very broadly in terms of it's very abstract, very simplified. The figures are reduced to quite simple forms and shapes, the humans, nature, trees, the sea, quite often just a simple brushstroke, acrylic brushstroke to depict a very stormy sea. And then colour, your use of colour is incredibly important. Sometimes a page is just full of one colour and the colour itself speaks a thousand words. And I do love your combination of collage and drawing and painting. It's it's really beautiful. But also the topics and themes you cover, big themes like nature and multiculturalism and war and the environment, climate. I'm somehow really interested in the topics that deal with like taboos or, for example, death or war, the things we have not discussed enough for example, in Finland, now I'm making a book of Finnish war children that were sent. There were 80,000 that were sent to Sweden during the Second World War. So I feel also the picture book for me is somehow a way of releasing trauma. Also for me, it works, I think, also as a kind of a therapy. But I feel it's really important to discuss the things that are not yet discussed. And I'm not afraid to bring these issues, open them in a, in a picture book, even in children's book. There's always hope and there's understanding. But I feel that's my place. Sometimes I hope I would love to do only books filled with joy, which I also do, for example, with these Onnipoika books. But I notice the things that interest me and I have a need to do many times deal with hard issues. You have a very strong social conscience, as you're describing. Does that mean you want to make an impact with your books on wider society? Hmm... I'm sure it's also that, but I feel the need. I have to somehow open these issues in a way, following my instinct. What is interesting me, I think, if it's worth making a book. 
You also, with your books, go out and speak to schools and you run workshops and you go to libraries and you have exhibitions as well. And that is another way, isn't it, of taking your pictures and your ideas out to communities and other cultures. Yes, that's a wonderful thing. Actually, now one thing I'm really happy about is a book series called Finnish Super Women. We are we are going now in um, these rest homes for elderly people, and we are showing them the pictures, talking about history, talking about these women, and having really nice and interesting conversation. And getting somehow, I'm hoping to find new audience for picture books, and I really hope that adults and elderly people, even in Finland, start to use the picture book. I think. In some countries, it's quite common, but in Finland, it's it's a new thing. People think it's a book for children and or nice bedtime story, and that's it. Of course, this is a bit it's not only that way, but I hope it's changing. So, how would you describe Finland's relationship, if you like, history of children's literature? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I would say that now you in Finland, we talk about how important it is to read for children and it's getting less and less. But then uh, when babies are born, how are they called? The places, the kind of nurseries where you go with your baby when they are born. Now all the families are given a small package with uh, baby clothes and diapers and stuff. But there are also books quite a new project going on maybe for a few years and you can choose or in Finnish, Swedish or Sami language which I'm very happy about that there's now even the Sami language so I think it's a very important thing also because our language group is not that big we are about five million and and Sami people of course there are a lot less. Absolutely fascinating so so books are given to families um, straight after the birth of a baby. Yes it's it's a wonderful project and I think it's all the time widening there is an organization which is like studying what's the best way to do with what kind of books to offer in which languages and so that's a wonderful thing. Your book which is called We Had to Leave published in 2018 is also very innovative. It is a book without words. Before we talk about the topic, tell me about the actual format, because it's really new, isn't it? This idea of a picture book for children, but without any text. I got really interested in it maybe eight years ago when I heard about the library in Lampedusa Island in South Italy, close to Africa, where lots of refugees and asylum seekers looking for mainly going to Europe. And they opened the first library of the island and they got the idea that they have also the normal books and they have a collection of silent books to help the people who don't share one language. They can read them together and and anyway have something to do together. And I thought it was such a beautiful, actually incredibly nice idea. And then I was like looking for a subject that would find me. And in the end, in 2015, where there were also in all the Europe and also in Finland, lots of refugees and asylum seekers. And somehow I understood this is my topic. The instructions, which are written in English, in fact, at the end of the book, they say this book tells a story of a family escaping a war. Because there is no text, you can invent the words yourself. I know this book is intended for children, but it's intended for adults too, isn't it? Yes, 
is actually for all ages. And actually, I had a, one project with a high school, high school students, a class in Finland, and they were writing the story for the book. And there were lots of students who didn't speak Finnish as the first language. And I was speechless. It was wonderful. And they were in a way shocked. And they said, why you say it's a book for children? Because they saw it, it was for them, for adults, and they were even a bit stressed if it's too heavy for children. Well, it is about war and it is about leaving your home and going to somewhere completely different, alien, if you like. And I can imagine it's traumatic for children. Did you worry about that? I worried about that also, but I tested on, on my children who are already teenagers and even younger children. Of course, it's quite a hard issue, the leaving home and the bombs and everything. But there was no child that was shocked about it. No one. And for me, it was amazing. I think it's also for me when I was illustrating it, I was crying when I was illustrating the bombs. But I think it's for adults and even young people. We have in our heads the horrible pictures in newspapers and heartbreaking stories. We know how it is. I think children know so much more than we think they do. And it's not actually very hard in a way that children just face these issues, we like it or not. <laughs> Let's look more closely at the story um, and the pictures in We Had to Leave. Now, I've got a version here and you've got yours. And because it's pictures, we can both look at it together. And it is inspired by the humanitarian crisis, war, immigration, refugees, suffering, inequality, and all the attitudes are there. And one family, a father, a mother, and a daughter, as they leave their unnamed home, but it looks possibly like Syria, and they go on this long journey by car, by foot, by boat, across the sea to a colder country, which is probably Finland, and they find a home. Everything I felt between shame, if you like, and a kind of helplessness. You can't even tell which religion or ethnicity or class they are. Yeah. It's very, very simple. Maybe you can describe the first few pages for me about this family. Yeah. I'm on the first illustrated page. Yeah. Where there is a, I can see there is a garden, there are big green leaves, and under the tree there is a small girl, I guess, with a doll in her hand and she seems quite happy and and satisfied and seems she's playing in the garden there's also some city in the background and the atmosphere is somehow peaceful atmosphere and also because of the the very light lilac color and her smile and the ribbon in her hair it's a positive picture yeah yeah, it's true. And then the colours get darker and you see a cityscape that's a darker purple and you see planes and they're dropping bombs. Tell me what's going on here. Tell me about the colours. Yes, the colours are suddenly changing. They become, I would say, quite dirty, really heavy and dark, mainly black and red and orange. And you can see there's a, some kind of a chaos. You can actually hear the bombs as they fall on the city. Yes, and I, I have to say it was it was horrible to illustrate. I remember where, where I was illustrating this. And <laughs> I it was a heavy project, I have to say. 
but here you can see lots of fire and bombs and they, the colors and the, the bright explosions are reflected on the river. And so moving on the next stage, of course, the family has to leave their home. There are several pictures of them in movement, in a car and in buses. You can see them traveling across you know, mountainous countries. And then you see them walking through towns and trees. And the color changes again, walking in the night in the dark blue with the moon. And then you see birds. In the middle of the really long journey they have to do, I wanted to give them peace <laughs> in the middle of the book. And of course, they are with no house. They are in the middle of the woods sleeping. And then you see them getting into boats and this incredible painting you have of the waves and this tiny boat being buffeted in these massive waves. I mean, it's a very scary picture. As you know, in the UK recently, we had 27 deaths of people who arrived on our shores. Absolutely heartbroking. Yes, I was reading about that. I see them on the boat. In a way, they accept whatever happens or they fall to the sea or they manage to get out. But somehow it's, it's quite hard to watch. And the irony is, if you like, that it is such beautiful artwork. Do you worry sometimes that what you're creating is so beautiful that it hides the message? No, I think it's the only thing that, in a way, lets me make books of these maybe hard issues or death or wars is that you have to give hope with the pictures or with the text or with the picture so that you don't put the book away, but you go on. I think it can't be, there has to be hope in some way, at least in my books. <laughs> the very end of the story is the arrival of the family in this new country. They're sitting in their own home and the light is beautiful. It's bright and jolly and welcoming. And then the, the final picture where you have these two hands, one on top of another. It's just a message that it's possible to find friends anywhere. And yeah. so what you're trying to do is to say, look, we are equal. Yeah, that's the point. And that they arrive in our countries as equals. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful, Sana. And this idea of um, relating the refugee crisis as a wordless picture book could sound a bit crazy, but in fact, there's a really powerful message behind it. How has the response been so far? I've heard quite a lot about it. I've heard about many seminars where they have been describing and showing pictures and the story behind it. And also because it's one of the first uh, silent books in Finland. And I've heard really incredible and heartbreaking stories of teachers or students who stand up and they say that that's my story. It's wonderful and it's somehow incredible to hear. And I was talking to some refugees and here some I, I know some asylum seekers, some who had to leave and some who got to stay. And I just decided that since no one did this before and we need it now. So I thought, okay, I can do that. But I think, I hope in Finland there will be authors and illustrators who have made this trip and they've come here from other places that they are the ones who make this kind of books. 
Now, you don't name Syria or Afghanistan or even Finland or any other of the European countries which are possibly depicted in the book. Why don't you do that? Why don't you give them names? I absolutely didn't want to do that because I just wanted somehow to bring it to the level of one family, any family or any person, because I think it's the most powerful feeling when you really like it. It could be anyone. It could be you and you sense and you feel empathy. So in a way, it's it's not about countries or religion. It's about human suffering and it's possible anywhere in the world. Do you think this is one of the most important issues that we have to tackle at the moment? The refugee crisis, immigration. How is it seen from Finland? I think it's uh, one of the many things we we have to deal with. The other thing is, of course, the climate crisis. But I think one thing that is common for these things, how we can find again this feeling of roots and connection. When we see that we are part of nature, we are not separate from nature. I'm still thinking how to put it in picture and how to put it in book. I think it's not only the nature or climate crisis or racism, but it's more like a problem of humankind, how we see ourselves. How do you think that books can help? I think books are really wonderful because, first of all, they make, make you stop and they make you silent and they make you stop using your cellular phones. And I think stopping and being quiet is one of the main things you need to do. And books do to us, first, you can live many lives in a way when you read books. But especially for the silent books, it's wonderful to look at them and study them together, especially for adults. It's hard to be silent and hear what the children see and what they have to say. Sana, are you positive about the future? Well, I <laughs> I think I was born as a quite positive person. And I think being cynical means a lot of suffering. So that's that's not my part of cake in a way. So, yes. And you think and hope that pictures can make a difference as well? I think the pictures can giving you in a way ways to feel empathy and even giving you also information and raising awareness of many things, but also in a soft way and in the way of art. It's not like scientific information that that hits you, but you maybe can absorb it differently. Thank you so much, Sana. Thank you to Sana Pelliccioni in Helsinki for talking to us today. My name is Rosie Goldsmith, and thank you for listening to today's riveting interview podcast dedicated to those truly riveting European authors participating in the Europe Reader Project. You can view Sana's picture book, We Had to Leave, and all the writing from all our featured authors for free on the Europe Reader website. You can also listen to all our podcasts in this series on both the Europe Reader website and the European Literature Network website, along with all our riveting interviews from across the years. This is a special riveting interview podcast for Europe Reader. Thank you for listening.